When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh! There it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hey, Scott, I don't know if you saw on Stab, there was an article a couple of weeks ago about thousands of wetsuits being stuck at sea due to the um, port backup in... Long Beach. Yeah. Did you see that? I've, I've, that's the main story around here in California is the, um, the lack of distribution, man, all this stuff just sitting on these, these big boats out there off Huntington beach. It's unprecedented. It's due to COVID largely, but we've never seen anything like this. Um, but wetsuits was the story on stab and you know, where you can still find plenty of inventory. Heck yes needessentials.com they never leave us hanging scott they've been here with us for years and they're still here i went on their website uh just before we started recording to try to get a 4-3 fully available inexpensive high quality premium rubber i love it you know what only what you need only the essentials needessentials.com it's the giving season this is the season to be thinking about your friends your neighbors your family your loved ones um you know what a new wetsuit would go pretty far. <laughs> Need essentials. Or, or a wet dry bag. Outerwear, anything. Booties, by the way, fins, uh, traction, leashes, leashes, all the accessories. Yeah. But yeah. again, everything you need, nothing you don't. Need those are more, thank you. I'm sorry to interrupt. Those are more price point type things. Like get your loved one a leash, you know, even though I just. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Didn't I early say leashes have ruined surfing? But anyway, I wear a leash. So I'll yeah. just, let's just get, keep it straight. Okay, cool. Need essentials. All right. Real water hey. sports just landed 30 new Pat Ross and surfboards. Rad. That's got to make everybody froth. I'm frothing just thinking about it. Thank you. Yeah. I have a feeling that deal may have been sorted at the boardroom show. I don't know. Maybe it was in action before the boardroom show. Yeah. <clears throat> Pat and Trip have been doing business for years and years and years. So it doesn't surprise me that you've got two of the greatest real water sports and trip Foreman with Pat Rawson <clears throat> teaming up to bring you incredible surfboards uh, 30, on the East coast and around the world via realwatersports.com. Yeah. 30 new Rawson's all shaped and built in Hawaii um, available through realwatersports.com. I think they actually had some in stock already. So they have like 70 something Rawson's uh, that's just part of their 1500 board inventory all of it is available to all of our listeners uh, because you can order it online and it is guaranteed to show up at your door blemish-free and they ship worldwide. So realwatersports.com. Of course, they are doing that Cyber Surfboard Monday for the Monday after Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday, where you get $100 off 
uh, any surfboard purchase, whether it's a custom or a stock board. But if you find one of those Rossins today, it might not be there on Cyber Surfboard Monday. So you're going to have to manage that on your own. Save a hundred bucks on Cyber Surfboard Monday or get it while you can. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail, a clean entry, this thing holding open, it spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit, gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <clears throat> it is Spit, the Spit Surf Podcast. David Lee Scales, Scott Bass. We are talking all things surf and a few other things, perhaps, on this Wednesday. It is November 17th, the year 2021. Good morning, David. Good morning, Scott. Surf and po- uh, foil podcast now as well. That's interesting. So it's funny you say that. I was going to bring this up before we went on the air, but I forgot. But um, <clears throat> do you want to bring on the guy that was the foiler? Because he's we've got his phone number. We could call him right now and see if he wants to join us. It's up to you. I don't think we should call him out of the blue. Why not? <laughs> well, I think what is he hiding? It's, proper, it's a common courtesy to give somebody time to invite well, he, them on the show, give them time to process the thought. He he, call, right. he sent me an email. It's like, hey, I'd love to be on your. Here's my phone number. So, oh, did he? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, because I got. I mean, we were copied on the email from, um, I guess maybe a mutual friend who yeah. gave us his information, but I didn't know that you actually spoke to the guy himself. I, I haven't um, spoken with him, but he sent me an email with his phone number that said, "Call me. I'd like to be on your show." Uh, it's up to you. I mean, I've got a bunch of stuff related to that topic ready to go. Um, so okay, well, let's, let's hear what you got and maybe we'll bring them on next week. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, this email came through. It said, you're unbelievably irresponsible in the episode. You guys talk about it being okay to destroy a foil surfers. Board. I never said that. I never no, said I it was. Okay. I did. I did. Okay, good. Let's make this clear. Okay. Uh, and that the boat should not have, quote, gone through the lineup. You do not know what happened, and you also don't know this location. The boat did not go through the lineup, and many different boats, fishing boats, Coast Guard boats, all sizes, tour boats, etc., go through this space all the time. I'm talking about the area between Fort Point and the South Tower of the Golden Gate Bridge. I do agree that it was stupid and dangerous for blank, the named... Uh, Uh, foiler to foil without a leash that's on him however the board did not tumble or pass through the lineup at all it drifted and washed in well outside of the lineup my friends and i have kite surfed and wing surfed that wave hundreds of times over the past 25 plus years that wave belongs to us as much as it does anyone else anyone who thinks they have full ownership of the wave or spot is totally or truly delusional furthermore By the standard rules of surfing, we are catching the wave way before it starts to break at the point, and therefore, we are established on the wave before the surfers are and can claim, quote, ownership according to your rules. You talk about wanting to live in a civilized world. I want that too, like all surfers. I have been cut off and dropped in on more times than I can count and accidentally have cut off other surfers a small number of times. When it happens to me, I don't yell, hit, attack, or destroy private property. I act like a mature human being and call out the mistake. Then I get over it, move on, and go get another wave, sort of like a grown-up. Finally, you talk about needing (laughs) there to be some pushback or uh, feedback to the foil surfer. If anyone intentionally destroyed my $1,700 foil board, I would beat the living crap out of them without an ounce of remorse. How do you like that for feedback? Is that the kind of civilization you want to live in? By the way, I was told that the guy who destroyed the board has been identified and charged. Fort Point is a is on federal land, so if he was charged, it would be a federal felony because of the value of the property that was destroyed. So there's some good feedback. I still wish we could beat the crap out of him, but hey, hopefully he'll live with the consequence of a permanent criminal record. Wow. Yeah. Well, that guy made a lot of sense on a couple of different places. I don't know where to begin to unpack that. I think... Um, 
you know, when we boil the situation down, um, and again, I wasn't there, so I don't know all the nuance of it, but based on my back and forth emails I had with the, with the foiler in question, the actual, or the, his friend actually, yeah. um, you know, what my, my boiled down response is me personally as a surfer, if I'm on a foil board or if I'm on a long board or if I'm on a boogie board or if I'm going body surfing, it doesn't matter. If I see a spot with 15 guys and there's maybe three waves in a set, me personally, I'm going to another spot. I'm not yeah. going, hey, this looks like a good opportunity for me. This look, especially by the way, if it's, you know, I'm traveling or something, it's different if right. it's like my local spot, which obviously this is this foiler's local spot. This guy's been foiling there for decades or surfing there, you know, probably windsurf, whatever it is. He's been in the water there. But, but generally speaking, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not going to go out there. There's 15 guys. They've kind of got it going on out there. It's really not my spot. Or if it is, I'm probably going to slowly leak my way into the lineup from the inside to the outside, not from the outside to the inside. And um, so I, I just, you know, my common sense says to me, you know what, getting behind a boat and towing in on a foil into a crowd of 15 guys just doesn't seem smart. I'm not saying I don't, I'm not entitled to it. I'm not saying I haven't put in my time to do it. I'm not saying this guy doesn't deserve to do it. I'm not saying he doesn't have the right to do it. I'm just saying it doesn't seem like a very smart move, like kind of made yeah. it go somewhere else, like yeah. isn't there some other spot. And maybe there isn't. And if that's the case, maybe this isn't your day or, you know, maybe it is, maybe this guy wants to push the envelope, but uh, again, I don't know the nuance of where he is in the, well, we, in the higher. We do, know, we do know some nuance that was provided by this other emailer yes. uh, that you're referring to. And he said that, um, normally the foilers that are out there, they're actually sharing the lineup effectively. They catch that wave and kick out before the wave breaks where the surfer would actually want to take it. This particular guy in the video was riding a foil, a new, a foil, new one. one. Yeah. New one. He one wasn't, wasn't comfortable with it. Wasn't used to. Yeah. One he wasn't used to. So he wanted to actually go left to the shoulder of the wave. Cause there was a surfer paddling out on the wave that the foiler was on. So they were coming face to face essentially nose to nose. And um, the foiler wanted to go towards the channel, but he couldn't manage the board that direction. So in order to avoid the paddling surfer, he went into the impact zone into the right, which is why he had or towards the right, which is why he had to ditch the foil, and which is why it ended up on the beach. But it was a not common scenario. It was an unfortunate yeah. Yeah. scenario. It was not common. It normally doesn't happen. They normally coexist. So it's not as if those foilers are trying to surf the yeah. breaking wave generally. Right. Yeah. But, was awesome. but that doesn't dismiss what you're saying, which is you towed in off of a boat. Like there's a lot of pandemonium here that these guys, these emailers who are foilers are saying is okay, this happens at Fort Point. Maybe it does. I've never seen that be acceptable anywhere else where you could tow in on a boat, even if you do kick out before the wave starts breaking. So, but I trust them, you know, I'm okay if that's what happens there. I think what this comes down to for me is um, when you're a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail, right? And so you and I are surfers and we just see this through the perspective of a surfer. And uh, I accept that that comes embedded with tons of, um, exclusivity, tons of judging other people, tons of nonsensical, like I can't rationalize why this is okay for me to do and not okay for you to do. But I see this as those waves, those are super surfable waves. This is a good day. You towing in on the boat are other you are not acceptable here. And ultimately what you and I, as these, as podcasters are going to be confronted with more and more is that the lineup is becoming very diversified and we are going to be confronted with these situations just in the way long borders were when short borders showed up and boogie borders showing up. And then, you know, stand up paddlers showing up. This is just the next iteration, but it's, it's not um, replacing those things. It's one more thing in the lineup, you know? Yeah. 
you're right. And, and, and um, let me just say this, that this reminds me of a movie that Laird and Dave Kalama put out, um, I think with Buzzy too, <coughs> excuse me, called, <coughs> excuse me, All Aboard the Crazy Train. And it was basically their reaction to too many guys towing in at Piahi. And it was basically like, this is getting out of control, blah, blah, blah. And the reaction to that was a bunch of the Maui guys like Ian Walsh and Shane Dorian and Billy Kemper and all these guys deciding to paddle in. And once they set the precedent that, hey, if we're out here paddling in, you are not allowed to tow in unless you got the balls to, to paddle in with us. If you got the balls to paddle in with us, then you're welcome to paddle out with us and sit and paddle into the waves. And there's something about this, you know, man versus nature, using my own power, using my own strength to catch the wave. And then you are worthy. Now, this seems to be, you know, a paradigm that we've adopted and that we've had with us for a long time. And it needed this, this all aboard the crazy train sort of video and vibe to kind of get us back to that place. And, and in some regards, we have have entrenched ourselves in that paradigm. And that's the situation that we're seeing here at Fort Point. You and I are going, hey, if you can't paddle into it, then you don't belong. And right. that's where there's a disconnect, right? And I still kind of feel that way. Like my feeling is, hey, foil all you want. You got to paddle into the wave. And if you have to be towed in, then, you know, and there's 15 guys paddling in, it's time to you to go find another place with your boat. You've got a boat you can travel all over the coast and find a spot. So, and may, again, maybe I'm wrong. And I probably, you know, I know in their eyes I'm wrong. And, and, I, and I don't claim to be right either. Let me play that out here. That I'm just witnessing it and kind of going, wow, from my viewpoint, it doesn't make sense. And I think I've explained why. Yeah, if but you're, you're, it, you shouldn't be there. And I mean, your if, view, you can, if you can't your viewpoint, it, yeah. your viewpoint, though, is so steeped in the concept of stand up surfing is the top of the hierarchy. Right, exactly. And so I'm going to dictate what everybody right. else should do. I'm not and, trying to dictate. Wait a minute. Let me just say I'm not trying to dictate. I'm just explaining the paradigm that I see it from. I could very well be wrong. Apparently I am according to some, and I get that too. I'm not trying to pontificate. See, I just want I, people to see that it, my gut, my personal thing is if you can't paddle into it, you don't need to be out there with 15 people that are trying to paddle into it because there's this man versus nature. There's this, you know, now again, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But. And I mean, so this guy's email that I read says by your own standards i'm catching the wave from i have priority i caught it way before no it no, no but break. you didn't catch it with your own power you caught I get it, it. With a, okay. i get it i get it but to his point what does it matter that you think you should paddle like agreed yeah so i have totally no agree. so i appreciate that you're trying to um that you're saying like hey i'm not trying to dictate i'm just explaining I have no apologies about trying to dictate this. You know what I mean? Like I'm fully okay jumping on the grenade and going, this is the way that we've been doing it. And I know not the way forever because forever they were doing it uh, on longboards and in different ways or on outrigger canoes as we'll get to in a minute. Um, but this is the way I know it. And this is the way I want to protect it. And there's value in protecting it. And it, what's funny about me making this argument is that when I look at societal issues, um, I feel the opposite way. I'm for, I'm for inclusivity. I think that it's actually better, especially for the society that we live in, to kind of make accommodations for the vastest amount of diversity. And it's actually good for the economy and it's good for my own edification. And it's, we get better food to eat, all this kind of stuff. But in this one thing over here, in surfing over here, the fact that we have it, protected in this um, very narrow way that happens to suit me. And it's the way that I grew up doing it. And it, and these rites of passages that I went through, I want to protect that there's value in that. And there's something really special about that. When you have something that's kind of pure in that way, you know, um, you just want, you don't want to dilute it. And so it's, it's a conflict in my head because again, socially, I feel the entire opposite. But I mean, if I guess I were to make um, social analogy, Native American Indians locally here want to protect tradition, the way that they do things. They don't want to dilute it. They want to stick to these old. And that's a similar thing here is we've been doing this thing the certain way. Now other people are coming in and introducing. We're seeing by the way, Mark Zuckerberg is the paragon of this new thing, which is just very easy to hate. And so 
forget you guys. No, you're the new, you're the corporate, you're the moneyed, you're the stay away. Or by the way, you have so many more waves that you can ride that thing on. Go ride those. It's very, there's very few resources for us on these small surfboards that we stand up on. Let us just have this, get out of the way, you know? And, and by the way, it's super dangerous to bring, to do what you guys are doing. Um, not that surfing isn't, but again, I realize that logic is full of so many holes and I can get canceled because of the analogy, all that sort of stuff. I have no apologies about it. It's, right. it's the way it is, you know, for yeah. me personally. Yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, um, I dove back into that book sapiens just randomly. And I, and one of the things that caught me was this idea that cultures are constantly evolving. We seem to think, oh, there's the Indian culture and there's the Samoan culture. And these cultures right. have been right. the same way for hundreds of years. No, actually, cultures are evolving constantly. And it takes situations like this to sort of push, push the envelope a little bit to have people have these discussions and maybe start to accept some things that the culture earlier wasn't agreeing on. And I'm not suggesting that this is one of the, well, I actually am suggesting it this is. is one of those things, but I'm not suggesting that I agree with it. Um, it it's, and it, it's just on its surface level, it just seems wrong based on, it's just not kind. It's not like the compassionate thing to do to toe in on a foil into a crowd of 15 guys. Now I get it. They're going to say, look, normally, and this is the case, I believe Yeah. 99.9% .9 of the time they're done with their ride before yeah. the wave even hits the, where it breaks. Yep. You know, so they're riding that beautiful, you know, groovy swell. Um, and by the yeah. way, another note was that um, the foiler in question is actually a surfer as well. And he's very competent at both things. And so he understands and sympathizes with the plight yeah. that you and I are standing yeah. up for. And yeah. again, it was just an, a freak accident that he happened to go into the impact zone. And the video in question was, you know, it was taken out of context. Like they yeah. kind of put it in this like, hey, look at this kook, as opposed to, hey, let's look at all of these issues that you and I are trying to unpack right now. That yeah. In fact, the guy's competent. But, but I mean, I... Again, I kind of question, okay, if you're competent, if you're telling me that you're a competent surfer that foils, that wing foils, how did this happen? And maybe it was just a freak accident. We all made, I've, yeah. I, I've made many freak totally. mistakes, stupid accidents and gone, God, I cooked it, you know, and that's not who I purport, uh, you know, pretend to be or not pretend, but um, propose to be. So, you know, maybe this is just one of those freak things caught on video. And then, of course, the guy throwing boulders on the thing helps to accentuate it all. Uh, on but, the board. And that's why um, it's worth discussing. Look, everything, it's, it's a bummer if that guy got his feelings hurt by the way that we talked about it, because everything that we discuss on this, uh, on this show, generally we're taking this little morsel of something that happened and then extrapolating kind of larger global issues and saying that this little thing represents these larger things that we're talking about. So the vitriol should probably not be placed, even though I said that we should put... <laughs> That we should shame him publicly. Um, oh my God. That's well, funny. here's the, here's the other thing too, that I found funny from everybody who emailed about this, including yeah. the one I read was they're like, violence is never okay. Destroying another buddy, another person's property is never okay. And then I get to the sentence where he goes, if anyone intentionally destroyed my $1,700 foil board, I would beat the living crap out of them without an ounce of remorse. And so <laughs> The question is, is never, is violence ever justifiable? It's what is your breaking point? You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody has a breaking point. I mean, and yeah. yeah, your wife and family gets murdered. Turns out you're going to want retribution against the murderer. You know what I mean? In the worst yeah. kind of way. And so don't come at me and be like, oh, it's not, a, violence is never okay. Unless you're truly a Buddhist monk who, you know, like, you have your own breaking point. And for this guy, it is $1,700 apparently, which I would argue is pretty low. The, where the, <laughs> the bar that I'm, the bar that I'm setting it out is at least a moral bar, which is like, let's create some common courtesies in public. And then there are mercenary enforcers over here, by the way, I'm not going to be the enforcer. I wouldn't have smashed. We said on the last show, I would not have smashed that guy's board. I would not even throw a punch at somebody unless it was something super egregious, but there are these mercenary locals who are willing to get a criminal record and I'm okay with that happening because 
society needs those as well. And our little microcosm that we're trying to protect certainly needs them. Yeah, you know, it, the whole thing kind of reeks of surfers are the worst on a bunch of different levels. Um, I mean, look, we have this gentleman's uh, phone number. He wants to come on the show. Perhaps we'll bring him on yeah, the we'll show next, next week. Let's week. talk to him. But um, yeah. I, I got a couple more points. Um, yeah. The mutual friend emailer provided some good context, I thought, beyond just explaining what happened in that scenario, he provided a couple of other things that are good talking points. He said, there used to be a time when there was only one acceptable surfboard. Uh, if you pat, and he used the example of, or the era of a short board, single fin. So maybe he's thinking like a seven foot single fin or something. Uh, if you paddled out on a long board, a twin fin, any other unacceptable craft, you faced the potential consequence of getting your boy board destroyed. And um, that used to happen all the time. Can I hold, can I yeah. chime in there? Yeah. Because that's a very California centric. Um, Hawaii. No, it isn't. Hawaii. I, that happened in Hawaii. No, I think in Hawaii, in any era, you could ride any board. And if you're a Hawaiian guy, nobody's going to okay. screw with you. They were riding true, kneeboards true, in true, true. Maui in the early 70s. I mean, yeah, that's true. I think it's a very California centric thing. And, I, and he's right for California. But I, you know, let's be considerate of the of the listeners that are from other areas, because I think that's just super California. That's fair. His point is still salient, though. And his yeah, point is, yeah. um, do you want to rewind to the surf etiquette of 50 years ago and treat foilers the way that we used to? That's his point. He goes on to say, I love those outrigger canoe, hardcore paddlers charging Waimea. But one could argue that these guys are way more dangerous than a foil. If there was, uh, if there was not such a rich and beautiful history and tradition of outrigger canoeing and massive surf in Hawaii, would this ever be acceptable? Uh, he's absolutely right. And that kind of speaks to what I was just talking about, you know, um, First of all, I love that footage of those guys at Waimea. And, and part of the reason I love it, and I'm, I'm sort of sad to say this, is that I, from a selfish standpoint, I know that that's going to clear the water of about 25 <laughs> people at least, you know, perhaps myself included, not that I would be surfing Waimea, but you know what I mean? Like the, the concept of, oh my God, this is dangerous. I got to get out of here. It's sort of well, like, I kind of appreciate that. Like if you can hang, you can hang. If you can't, you can't. Welcome to the ocean. You know what I'm thinking is that the way that we are um, kind of justifying or an analyzing this entire situation is based on which crafts have been around the longest. So if you and I are in the lineup and that outrigger, if we're in Hawaii, certainly, and that outrigger paddles out, we give them a pass. And in fact, we get out of the way. And then if a long border sits deeper than us in the lineup and gets the set wave. We give that guy a pass too. We don't get mad at that guy for sitting deeper and getting in earlier, but if the SUP or sits deeper and gets in earlier, he's liable to get burned. And we are starting to get upset. If a foiler then goes out and does it, we're absolutely drawing the line there. So it's almost like you and I are factoring in a chronological hierarchy and then we're applying a little, that. A little bit. And you're right. And I would also say that the guys that are on an outrigger canoe at Waimea, if they lost their canoe and it went into the beach, there's nobody, no hardcore local throwing massive boulders on that outrigger canoe. And I'll tell you why. Because if, you there's are, if you're one of the guys that was on that outrigger canoe, you know that you already have the right to go in there. Because it was probably some pretty hardcore canoe guys. Like, it, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, of course, the, the people at YMA are like, "Uh oh, there's Brian or whoever it was. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know who it was, but, you know, those guys are legit. Like, you know, maybe one of the Napoleons or whoever, DeSoto's or somebody that's got enough clout that they can be out there where the foiler at Fort Point. Certainly, he's got decades of time put in there, but and he might think he's got the clout. But apparently somebody else didn't think he had the clout to do what happened to, you know, even though we know it was a, you know, a sad little mistake, a faux pas. Um, the other reason why you wouldn't mess with those outrigger guys, have you seen how, how shredded they are? <laughs> hey, outrigger, right. I'm leaving them alone. 
They get yeah. a free pass based on muscle mass. It was probably Mark Healy and some guys from the West side or something. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to mess with them. And they know that going into it. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate the a little bit of insight that the guy who threw the boulders actually did get identified and charged. That's a good little follow-up uh, thing. And I'm okay with that as well. You know, like, yeah, you take a huge risk by in indulging in criminal behavior, even if it is, even if there is some sort of moral justification for it, you're still taking a huge risk. And if you get busted for it, that comes with the territory. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm just trying to excavate what was going through that guy's mind. Like, was were his actions driven by ego? Was he really like trying to set some sort of moral standard? Or was it more like, I want everyone to see that I'm the big badass guy, which is actually an ego play rather than a, hey, I need to straighten out the cultural paradigm here. Don't these people know? Because if that was the case, the smart move would just be go have a conversation. Go, hey, you know, and again, maybe we don't know. Maybe they tried to have a conversation and, you know, we don't know. But actually picking up a boulder and over and over trying to destroy something to me wasn't about a moral justification, even though you could, he's probably going to say it was, it was really more about, look at me, I'm the big bad thug guy. And I want everyone in the tribe to see that I'm the alpha here, which is an ego thing rather than a a moral thing. Right. Um, I got another note about that. Somebody said, uh, couldn't agree with you more <laughs> on the foil <laughs> smashing. Uh-oh. I was serving, I was surfing at a popular Northern New South Wales point break earlier in the year. And there was 50 people in the water, including a ton of kids. And then there was two dudes riding their foils, pumping through the lineup out and back again. I'm not from there. So I didn't say anything, but I was definitely thinking WTF, what are you guys doing? Uh, given that they weren't towing in, it was a lesser offense, but I really wish that one of the locals would have intervened and said something. Yeah, we have that happen here. There's some guys that are foiling around here a little bit in the lineups, in crowded lineups, and um, and they're, you know, they're paddling in. And my feeling is more power to them. Like, I'm okay with it, me personally, you know. Um, they're they're kind of ripping i gotta admit i'm kind of like jealous of the speed that they've got going these guys are capable it's obvious that they're good surfers and um now they do tend to catch a lot of waves you know they have this ability to sort of kick out of the wave pump and then pick up another wave and keep going and just kind of and they're all over the place and they're kind of buzzing around like you know like bumblebees or whatever. And my feeling on that is, Hey, if you're going to go for every wave, then so am I. And mm-hmm. that's just the way I look at it. Like, cool. I guess we're sharing, you know, because you're going, you're on every wave and I'm okay with that. And look, I catch tons of waves on my bigger boards and I'm fine with people going like at this point in my life, I'm just like, you know what, go for it. Let's just share the wave. Yeah. I'm not doing anything, but standing here anyway. And it's true. The, the, the emailer mentioned too, and, and many people know this, those guys on the foils are tend to be kind of out in front uh, more in the flat section of the shoulder rather than sort of in the pocket, in the zone where we want to be. And I think there is room for, for two, you know? Yeah. It, it's a very slippery slope though, into either one hot headed guy in that exchange, who's going to take offense or a very slippery slope into somebody getting their head, wrap you know hatcheted open yeah. uh which we have seen by the way yeah uh, there's horrific images of that so i don't know it's it is worth discussing we will continue discussing it because we've talked about kook u kook university and like yeah. creating these kind of this is upper rules. division shit right here this really is because <laughs> kook u is really designed for surfers the reality is this kind of is now learning how to integrate with all other disciplines as we get more and more diversified diversity. These, in the these guys are surfers. I mean, the guys that know what they're doing on foils, I, I think are surfers, although I guess they come they, from surfing. Yeah. They come from yeah. that, from our culture, from this culture. And so, you know, then you get the Zuckerberg. I think the big, one of the big issues is this foil that as you actually don't need to tow, uh, to tow in it, it has a built-in motor on the foil somewhere on the mast and so that's where you get the zuckerbergs of the world where you're like this guy would drown at three foot wedge and he's out here in my you know 
And so then, you know, again, we get into this, this, this kind of this ego place where in this place of entitlement, like why can't Zuckerberg go have fun with us? We're, you know, like who says that just because he didn't grow up in our culture, he's not allowed into the lineup and isn't allowed to do his thing. And, you know, we want him to go through the same rites of passage. That's what this all comes down to is we want him entering the lineup from the shore and then working his way to the waves, not coming in from out the back on a motorized thing, hatchet, and then, and then pulling, and then pulling priority, you know? And, and the reason why we want that, by the way, is that we, if we all go through the same rites of passage, then we all have similar value systems, right? you know? And this is, again, straight out of it's Sapiens, just, well, straight out of Sapiens, yeah. it's sociological. It's, yeah. if you come from a small village or a small town and you create a little family unit, that you love and protect and you have a daughter you have two or three kids and your daughter starts dating a dude who has different tattoos than your village has and has very different values than your village has you immediately question how is he going to be influencing my daughter are these influences positive or negative ultimately you're going to be resistant to all of them that's that boy might show you through time that his culture has things that are of value to your culture and can elevate your family and all that sort of thing. But it also might be that he's just trying to get her pregnant and though, and you don't agree with those values at all, but it takes time to assess those things. And we're in that time of assessing those things right now. And we're trying to protect these rites of passage that we were all brought up with. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? Because the reason that we're concerned about this guy that's showed up at our village that's different in his ways and means is, is fear. Like we're fearful of what we don't know. I, I, I don't know what this guy's bringing. So I immediately go to, I'm in fear. I will react out of fear rather than, uh, I'm in a place of potential learning here. I'm, I'm actually have some humility about this young man. Maybe I can learn from something from him. And it's very rare for us to do that because our basic instincts, procreating the species and security and socialization, um, when those get tested, we go into fear. It's also fear of the limited resource. It is all those things you said on a larger scale, but in the immediate sense, it's that guy's taking this set. He's on the set wave. The thing is just popping up out the back and he's already on it. I don't even have a chance to vie for it. And I angled for this position of priority in the lineup with all of these surfers who I know or who have been here, you know? And so that's what you're, that's the fear. And, and that falls into that instinct of security and socialization. Yeah, totally. We can't identify as surfers if we don't catch waves. Like I actually, I can wear all the clothes and everything and I got the board, but I actually have to go out there and show myself you know, perform, so to speak, and catch waves. If I don't do that because there's 15 foilers, then I'm in fear that, you know, I'm being taken I'm being taken out of the culture. Completely. Well, you know that you asked for Shukin's opinion on this last week. Hey, can we hold on for a minute? Because I got to go get some more athletic AG1. Oh, yeah, go for it. Hold on. David, today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. Use athleticgreens.com slash surf to support us, David, you and I, and get one year of vitamin D immunity boost for free. Everybody needs immunity boost, Uh, especially going into the winter months, by the way, less exposure to the sun, that vitamin D would help. Um, And again, my life has only gotten busier and busier. I got a kid on the way. Unless I map out, nutrition is the very first thing to suffer. And then everything else suffers as a result, including my mood, my work, my surfing. So AG1 is the new formulation by Athletic Greens. And uh, it is the simple solution in one scoop. AG1 is the category-leading superfood product. It's comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition designed for everyone, regardless of age or activity level. And David, my kitchen's been getting torn up, and I tell you what, my nutrition is lagging, and thank God they sent me the new AG1 by Athletic Greens. I'm super stoked on it. Take a bunch of pills and capsules. That's hard on the stomach and hard to keep up with, but if you use AG1, it simplifies nutrition by giving you the one thing with all the best things. AG1, David. Yeah. The one scoop, it's a powder that you just mix with water, but the one scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, 
green superfood blend, and more. Fills the nutritional gaps in your diet, aids with gut health, digestion, supports a healthy immune system. It effectively replaces all those pills that you were talking about that are actually hard on your stomach. And it's just in one healthy eight ounces mixed with water. And David, it's dairy-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly, contains less than one gram of added sugars, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. Use our portal, athleticgreens.com slash surf to support our show, support David and Scott, and improve your health at the same time. I am sold, Scott. I'm on it. I had it every day. In fact, here it is right here, the AG1 new container with the powder inside. I don't want to make a mess, so I'm not going to tip it that much, but I had mine this morning. And again, you'll get a one-year supply of immunity-boosting vitamin D liquid drops uh, that you just add to your AG1 powder and eight ounces of water, and it covers all of your nutritional needs needs for the day. It's a 20-second commitment every day to optimize your health, athleticgreens.com slash surf. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop. Hell yeah. Whoop.com promo code is the word surf. You get a free whoop 4.0 strap and 15% off your membership when you use our promo code surf. 4.0. Like my age, 4.0. And what is whoop, Scott? What does it mean to you? How has it affected your life? Well, Look, the Whoop 4.0 is really, for me, the best part about it is the sleep, like the ability to gauge my sleep, which I don't seem to be getting very much of. It does a lot of cool things, but for me, I, I really like you know it monitoring my sleep and where I'm at with that. And It's a digital fitness tracker. It is the most advanced fitness wearable on the market, the 4.0 version is. John John Florence uses it. Uh, Nathan Florence has been using it. And although it's a fitness tracker, it's really designed around the concept of recovery. And so it's important to not just monitor your exertion, but also monitor what's going on at night and how well you're sleeping and your body's processing all of that and recovering, and then apply it to your workout. Yeah. The 4.0 basically tells me, Hey, today's a recovery day, or today you can go full 110% or today, maybe just go 80%, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's, it's a powerful tool for People like me and you that are living, you know, aggressive lifestyles. The cool thing about the 4.0 strap is that it is smaller, sleeker. It is a biometric tracker. So it sits on your wrist, but it uh, is so small that it actually fits under your wetsuit. So you can wear it 24 hours a day. It um, measures skin temperature, blood oxygen, much, much more. All of that information gets sent to your phone. So the device itself doesn't have a screen. There's no buttons. There's no annoying notifications, but you can open up the app on your phone and it has all of your vitals, super important information that you could then share with a physician, a coach, a personal trainer. It's just automatically collecting that data 24 seven, whether you're working or sleeping. So whoop.com is the website W H O O P. And then use our promo code, which is the word surf. And you will get 15% off your membership and a free whoop 4.0 strap. Right on whoop 4.0. Whoop.com promo code surf. Okay. Thank you. I'm back. I got my, my AG one. Did you get your new package from them, by the way? I did my, okay, good. My wife. My wife's totally involved now. So she took the AG1 branded bottle and gave me the old bottle. The old Athletic Greens. They sent me a second new bottle. Uh, probably so got, both... I probably have one around here too, but yeah. All right. Well, um, would you like to hear from Shukin this week Shuk- on the Shukin, foil retribution? Shukin the Stoic. Absolutely. This guy's going to enlighten me. Aloha, boys. When I searched the incident on YouTube, I found toe-in and wing foiling of waves at Fort Point, San Francisco, and, well, it was theatrical. Scott, I feel your frustrations, but it's not surfers, it's people. Over 1,800 years ago, Marcus Aurelius advised, when you wake up in the morning, tell yourself the people I deal with today will be meddling, ungrateful, arrogant, dishonest, jealous, and surly. They are like this because they can't tell good from evil. Unfortunately, Scott and David, 
Our moral compass has been misplaced, and many have completely lost the plot. Therefore, what you guys are doing is so important. You're having a debate on morality and justice, looking at the ways of old and the reality of the present. It is embarrassing what happened in San Francisco and the surfboard lockers here, but it doesn't define us. Our character does. Thirteen generations of the iPhone later, very few have evolved spiritually or ethically. It is up to us to lead, knowing that we too have the seeds of a boulder thrower in us we choose not to water. Remember, they are like this because they can't tell good from evil. Surfers are a tribe with legendary elders who earned our respect and future elders like our friend Dylan, who continue to spread aloha and share the stoke. Surfers are the best. Aloha. Wow. Shukin, so on point. I love it. That guy's on fire. And he's right, you know. I think part of what I got from what he said is that, you know, as human beings, we're not necessarily bad people trying to get good we're spiritually ill people trying to get healthy and um i i i'm a big fan of shukin and i i really can't say anything better than he just said it i think so is marcus aurelius quote was saying um most people can't identify good from evil and so they interpret everything as you know a threat or he said, wake up and kind of go into it knowing that these people are basically going to be assholes because they can't identify good from evil. The additional uh, sentiment with that quote is then have sympathy for them because of that lack of knowing. Not, not defenses up and boulders in hand to protect yourself against such uh, idiots. It's to be sympathetic towards their not knowing. Forgive them. They know not what they do. And, and, uh, and also, too, I love the concept of, you know, we have these seeds within us. We just choose not to water them. I often say, you know, isn't it true that I have behaved like this? Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. it true that I've been a selfish jerk? You know, isn't it true that I could be that way later today? And the answer is yes. And if that's the case, then, you know, um, let's align our principles with with goodness. I'm glad you said that, Scott, because I have a listener email that I want to read to you and get uh -oh. your opinion on. And uh -oh. I already, I already know he, he posed this as a scales of justice thing, but let's just open discussion it. Yeah. Um, I already know where you're going to go with this, but I want yeah. you to reassess in light yeah. of what you just said. Okay. He said on a weekend, uh, the other weekend, we went for a birthday camping trip to an isolated beach. There were about 12 of us on this camping trip. We were expecting to surf. When we got there, the best looking break, when we got to the best looking break, there were already three guys surfing it. As we were 12 people, I suggested that we go further down the beach to a lesser looking wave to respect the three people that were sitting on the good wave. Most of the people in my group said, F them, the ocean is for everyone. And they went out there anyways. Uh, me and one more of my friends thought that my friends were being dickheads. So we went down to the beach, down the beach by ourselves to the lesser wave. What's the verdict on those guys who crowded the lineup? It must also be said that they all learned surfing in their late twenties. <laughs> well, my first thing is why are you going camping with 12 people? <laughs> Like okay. I would never show up to a surf spot with 12 people. I just, so the onus is on our, our listener. Well, for even I mean, going on this trip. I, I mean, you know, I'm seeing it through the lens of, of, you know, what I've learned, which could quite, you know, could be sort of myopic, but um, I, so this concept of screw it, the ocean is for everybody. Um I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine showing up and going, Hey, there's 12 of us. There's three guys. Let's all just invade the three dudes. And we're I can't in some, imagine it either. we're some like misto camping zone. It's not like yeah. they, they went to San Onofre or something. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, totally. So that'd be funny if it, that'd be funny if he was talking about San Onofre. Um, I've had this exact thing happen. Well, not exact thing, but very similar happen where I'm surfing my local beach. It's totally uncrowded. I'm surfing what I feel like is the best sandbar. Nobody's around. I'm surfing it for 45 minutes. And then a group of, let's say, five teenagers paddle straight out, one or two of them on a soft top, and they all hunker down right around me. They probably showed up to the beach and just saw that I was getting waves and I was their beacon. I'm the reason why they chose to surf right where I am. And in that moment, or certainly in recent years, I just go, man, screw these guys. And I paddle to the next peak over and I start surfing there. And inevitably, often the current or some other factor kind of washes them away or I'm getting waves over here now at the lesser wave and then they kind of gravitate towards that and then I can kind of move back but I've not taken um uh you know stance with those kids or told them to beat it or anything I was like hey I got it for 45 minutes by myself which is kind of a rarity in Southern California and um even if I get the set wave now, they're kind of all, they're just in the way. Like, I just need to get out of here for my own mental sanity, you know? Yeah. I'm the same way. That actually happened to me a couple of days ago at a, at a spot here in San Diego where I was by myself. And then four or five waves later, um, you know, there's six or seven guys and it's, it's a small little takeoff zone and it's just time for me to leave. You know, yeah. a lot of that has to do with my age, my mature, like, that's not the way I would behave. I would have behaved even a, a few years ago, you know, yeah. um, I, remember. I would have, I would have felt like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's just a daily struggle, you know, like <laughs> that's what stoicism is. It's a daily struggle. And, yeah. um, and, and I, I don't know what the verdict is on this guy's email other than I He's applaud right. him for, for having some empathy for the three guys that were out there. You know, looking at the situation through their eyes, walking in their footsteps, seeing 12 guys on the beach about to paddle out would just, I don't know. Our, our emailer is right for wanting to move down the beach and surf alone. I think I'll so. give him that. Yeah. Um, this is tangentially related. I'm relating it just because um, it, I've been having a thought for a while now that you and I are just too old and outdated and antiquated because people, people, um, I mean, first of all, aside from the physicality of my bones hurting, um, I'm thinking about it more in terms of the surf world and what's happening in surfing. I get more and more people asking me if I saw Nathan Florence's latest vlog or Koa Rothman's or whatever. And I'm just like, what vlog? Are you insane? And then I think back to 12 years ago doing a podcast, you know, where their surfer magazine is like, are you guys kidding me? A podcast? What what are you doing? You know? And so um, it's been interesting to kind of, ultimately, I think what happens for me, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit too. I get so saturated with surf stuff that when something new pops up, when Ben Gravy pops up, I'm just like, dude, Ben, no offense to you. I don't have time to pay attention to what you're doing. I'm trying to track uh, Laird Superfood stock and Kelly Slater's latest thing. And, you know, all these other things in the surf world that I know and love the way that I love it based on these rites of passages, based on blah, blah. I don't have time for one new thing and it's got a soft top. I'm out, you know, like, so but what what ultimately ends up happening is those things are now the most commonplace things. You know, there's nothing to talk about with Laird's superfood stock anymore. Kelly's, you know, gotten a little nuttier and nuttier or whatever. And now these guys are it like this new stuff that we were kind of resistant to is now the culture shifting stuff. And we're late. We're just like, oh, I guess that we're not we're not relevant anymore. You know, maybe not. And I'm okay with that too. I, I, there is a ton of stuff coming at us. Um, the culture is shifting and, and some of it's just not interesting to us. So we're not shifting with it or we're not paying attention to it. And that's fine too. Um, I, I do enjoy this particular topic. Um, you know, this, this four point thing, I think if we can dive into that and sort of excavate it a little bit, 
I think that there is a listenership that appreciates it. Certainly, you know, the demographic that is my son, they probably would much rather hear about, you know, something more contemporary. But some of the stuff is timeless. It's just that they got to catch up to us. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, or we- I agree. To, you know, I don't no, know. No, I, I think I run everything through that lens as well of what is timeless, what is relevant, no matter what. Um, the topic though that I was- uh prefacing is i watched ben gravy's got a documentary that's coming out and so i'm on the um jury of reviewers for the florida surf film festival so i get to see a lot of this stuff you know months or a year before it came out i watched waterman the new uh duke Konamoku documentary as well oh cool is that gonna be it's good really it's really I good watch that. i want to see that it's very good girls don't surf is one of the entries for their um for this weekend. They're hosting that festival this weekend, by the way. So all of those films will be on view. If you're in New Smyrna Beach, you can go to that. Um, FloridaSurfFilmFestival.com, I think is their website. Anyways, the Ben Gravy documentary. It's narrated by Chris Cote. It's a 90-minute documentary. I have no idea where it will be viewable, maybe on YouTube. It would make sense to put it on Ben's YouTube. But it gave me a deeper appreciate or a new appreciation, just a straight up appreciation for Ben that I didn't have before. Um, I can see his charisma. I could see why people like him. I could see why what he's doing resonates with all of the vowels that are entering the surf space now, um, which isn't, I'm not trying to say that by shaming them. Like that's very much what his goal is to try to do is surf novelty waves be appealing to kind of the entry level surfers who are getting into the space, which is why soft tops are the main board that he's riding. And um, his story, his backstory, I had heard a little bit before, but I didn't know very well. Um, it was very interesting in the documentary. He struggled with, he basically got into recovery and that's when his YouTube thing started taking off. And he had been documenting his shenanigans as a drunk beforehand. And so I guess if you were following him for that long, you would have watched that entire trajectory. But really where he's taken off is in recovery with this bent of positivity and spreading the stoke and making surfing for everybody and riding novelty waves in all 50 states. And it was, um, I got a new appreciation for Ben Gravy is all my point. Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm interested to see what that's all about. I've been watching that hundred wave thing that, the uh, Garrett McNamara thing on HBO. I finally started mm -hmm. watching that. And, and um, it's definitely entertaining. Some of them are a little long in tooth, but um, part of me, I got to admit, some of them, I'm just like, <laughs> surfers are the worst. Some what aspects of it? Some of it's a little bit embarrassing. What aspects? Um, I think this, this concept of, of we've got to go out and do this thing to prove ourselves. <clears throat> and, and you can tell they don't even want to do it. Like <laughs> Garrett specifically seems to be self-sabotaging himself over and over, even catch him going, oh, thank God I don't have to do this, you know? But it's like, he senses that he's got to go do it because it's in his self-identity. It's, in, you know, so it's kind of like, oh man, why don't you just don't do it, you know? But um, he's driven, he's, he's compelled by the trauma of his youth. He, he's a great guy. I, I really like Garrett. I, I know Garrett, you know, I, I, we've, we've traveled, we've had some time together in certain situations and I've always enjoyed him. And, and I will say this, what you see is what you get with Garrett. Like what, what you see on the, on that show is Garrett. Like there's no, he's not, and Liam too, but I don't know Liam, but I really appreciate the honesty that you're going to get honesty from the McNamara's that's for damn sure. Like um, it was good to see an update from Liam. I haven't gotten that far yet, I guess. Well, well no, oh, you mean they, yeah, them the interviewing yeah, him? Right, yeah, yeah, like I hadn't yeah. heard from Liam in yeah. 15 years, you know, or yeah. seen him. And uh, seeing him now and retelling his story actually provided context that allowed me to appreciate. In my youth, I didn't like him at all. I was just like, guy looks like a dick. And he's like <laughs> always just going straight at Pipeline, you know, which I know that's what you do. But I also want to see you do a turn somewhere else at some point. It's great that we get to see John John at Pipeline, but it's awesome then when, when we get to see him at Rocky Point doing a full rotation spin also. With yeah. Liam, it was only just him standing in a tube with a helmet on always. And so um, I didn't have a lot of appreciation when I was growing up for him. 
remember when Sonny Garcia punched him in the face on that reality show? <laughs> There's a reality show on like KTLA Channel Five or something. The boarding yeah. house. Yeah, I think yeah. is what it was. Yeah, the WB way, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. This way predates the Ultimate Surfer. This was yeah. like Damian Hobgood, Mark I Healy. Remember. Yeah, it was like um, 2003 or something. Yeah, they had a. They all stayed for a winter in a. It was like the real world, but for surfing on the North yeah, Shore, which is, point, which is a far better concept, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just like, let's put them there when the waves are crazy. Let them all live in a house together. That's enough. That'll create enough chaos. That'll create drama, you know? And yeah. sure enough, there was a scene with Sonny punching Liam in the face for something. I have no idea what the infraction even was. But I was just <laughs> like, oh, holy crap. So, oh, my. Surfers are the worst. Yeah. Well, hey, um, I, I got a hard out. I apologize, but I do have to get out. I have a I have to go pick up my dad. Okay, all good. Um, I wanted to talk about the Vans Triple Crown of Surfing because the format's a little bit different this year. We'll do that next week because it doesn't kick off until December 21st. My must-see moment is Snapped 4. If you have not watched this, it is a high-shreddability, high-pace, epic 45-minute surf film. My must-see moment is um, I happened upon it on Instagram and it's, I think, a four or five shot sequence of Richard Kenvin and he's surfing at Sunset Sunset Beach. And I was just really inspired by that, you know. Um, I mean, Richard, he's got to be, I mean, I'm sure he's six or seven or eight years older than me. So I think he's over 60 years old and he's riding a pretty small board Birch. really really good yeah a Ryan Birch shaped board at Sunset Beach and i was just super inspired by it um the guy's such a good surfer i mean you know so i'm always looking for older guys that are still ripping on shortboards for inspiration and and that sequence of of um a wave of his at Sunset Beach was pretty pretty cool and i my hats off to him for say what you will about RK you know love him or hate him. I think he's, I think he's inspiring. And um, the guy's just a red hot surfer. He always has been. He's been a guy that I've looked up to as a Grom, you know, since I was a Grom. Um, I know yeah. what you loved about that sequence out of the four, three out of the four shots were bottom turns. <laughs> exactly. And the last shot, like he's really laying it down. He's, he's, you know, it's and it's not pure. the same bottom turn either. It was like you, the first bottom turn was off the peak outside and then the next one was a similar looking bottom turn but it was down the line after he had probably done an open face turn but he's got that bottom turn dialed and that's the turn you really need at that spot yeah that's all i got left is is trying to do that (laughs) yeah hats off to him for that hydrodynamica is the uh instagram account one other video that people should uh check out this week is points south uh which was posted on john john florence's instagram page and it's him surfing with dave rostovich who we don't get to see enough of and it's yeah. old footage. It's not um, new. It's just footage that John filmed back when he was on Hurley. So probably three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think it's on stab too. I think you can find it on stab, I believe. But. Yeah. John John's YouTube for sure. Okay. Um, but uh, John John had that footage in his archive. He never released it before. It's still relevant. It's still totally. fully, totally. fully relevant. And of course we, uh, during our commercial breaks, went to it, but we'll just give a shout out real quick to today's realwatersports.com, Neat Essentials. I just got a new 4.3, Scott. It showed up yesterday, so I'm Sweet. eager to get that thing going. Um, athleticgreens.com slash surf, and of course, whoop.com promo code surf. Absolutely, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. Um, the Boardroom Show has announced that timmy patterson will be the 2022 icon of foam so mr timmy patterson will be honoring him in the fall of 2022 earned it he earned it by getting idolo to uh world championship among many other things oh yeah he's timmy's timmy's a legendary guy anyway uh david until next time adios and aloha we are the village green Preservation Society God save the old duck For the bill and variety We are the Desperate and Appreciation Society God save strawberry jam With all the different varieties Preserving the old ways From being abused Protecting the new ways 
hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 